and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, what's how's up? it going? Oh, it's all right. All right. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm excited. <laughs> wow, this is almost being completely recreated uh, organically. So They don't know that we just... Oh, whatever. The listeners, they'll This is, this is take two of yeah. episode... I don't know what episode this yeah, is. Yeah, we, we'll be airing So why are you later. so excited? Well, I'll tell you why I'm excited, David. Um, because we got some guests. So yeah. we uh, listener, we'll we'll build them up. Listeners, you've you've seen our guests in Grey's Anatomy, and Law and Order, and Entourage. You've seen them in uh, Wild Hogs, on Cheap Seats. On Cheap Seats, yes, that's right. Absolutely. If you're if you're a clone, you know them from the from the Jim Rome show. Oh, okay. I, I yeah, you're know. not you're not a clone. Right. But uh, the Sklar brothers are here. That's Thank right. you very much. Thank that you. was uh, really that was a great. That was really spirited. That was almost <laughs> too much energy for me. <laughs> was, I would like yeah, you to tone David that down. Relax. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. No, it was that was. Thank you very much. It's good to be here on the uh, battleship pretension on the Lido deck. <laughs> <laughs> on the le- on the Lido deck of precociousness. <laughs> yes, the, the precocious Lido deck, um, and playing a game. Snooty shuffleboard. A snooty shuffleboard. We're ready to go. <laughs> all right. So, um all right, so how you so let's see. I guess we should I had a, I had some questions off the top of my head. Sure, go for all it. Right? Shoot. And you've probably answered them in other forums and so Jason I is not gay. I'm not gay anymore. <laughs> okay, good. <go ahead. laughs> uh religion. Yeah, there you go. Religion <laughs> fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> um no, the question that I had was like, for example, Wild Hogs. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I'm sorry. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> on a, up, uh, you host a podcast named Battleship Retention, and you have, have not, not seen, seen Wild, Wild Hogs several times. How dare you? That does not compute. That <laughs> doesn't make sense. But I mean, sorry. Wild Hogs okay. was Soderbergh's next, best movie. I think we all is. need to realize that he did some very ingenuitive things <laughs> in that. That's what you're going to tell me is you haven't seen the Titanic. <laughs> wow. Um, Okay, so here's my uh, here's my question. I guess with this or or really anything else. And uh, okay, so you play. You know, you guys are twins, mm-hmm. and you play twins often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do I mean? Is it clearly it's kind of a niche type thing? Um, is it something they seek you out for, or do you look at, or is it our character? Are these characters specifically written as twins, or do you just kind of say, hey? They could be twins. Like what? What kind of thing? When you go looking for right. parts, what? How do you? How do you go about that? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, it's a niche, and then you sort of dig the walls out and expand the niche, which okay. is what we sort of do. We've gotten roles for if it's for twins, and actually it's well written. Yeah, we always feel like all right, we got we have a really good shot at this because okay. of what we've done, and people know who we are, and it's not so. If it's the twinny joke, like the very hacky. If it's twin, just a visual joke, or a twin, twins, need we like, kind of are like we don't really want to even go in for that, and we'll say like it's just not that would be that would feel like taking a step backwards for all the, for us based on the progress we've made in the comedy world and like you know our show Cheap Seats mm-hmm. and other stuff that we've done has nothing to do with being twins, although underneath it all it's unique because we're twins, but it's not based on that. And so to do something that was very hacky in the twin way would be, in our opinion, taking a step backwards. So if it's written well and it's for twins, we feel like, all right, we've got a good shot at this. If it's a lot of times there's stuff for, like, one character that they haven't figured out, like we did this movie, uh, My Baby's Mo- baby's Daddy. My Baby's, My baby's Daddy. Daddy. Not Baby Mama. Yeah. My Baby's Daddy. My Baby's Daddy is the one with Anthony Eddie, Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Anderson Eddie Michael Gr- Imperioli. Michael, yeah, okay, we had a bunch Sopranos. of scenes and stuff with Michael Imperioli. He was and great. Eddie Griffin and... Uh, it was good. Tiny, Tiny Lister. Tiny Anyone? Lister was in Zeus? there. Zeus. Yeah, Zeus. Awesome. Man from the Fifth Element. Crazy <laughs> eyes. Uh, he uh, yeah, is he very religious now. He is very religious now. He has taken those crazy <laughs> eyes and put them on yeah, Jesus. Like, they, like, seriously. Like, like, his approach to religion is don't fuck with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, speaking of the Fifth Element, he was the president in that movie. He, he was. was. Who he votes was. for a guy who looks like that? Uh, I wouldn't want to vote you, against if, him. It, he, went, he went door-to-door in campaign. <laughs> yeah. and I, think he, I think he convinced a lot of people up exactly. close and personal. At that point, the with future, the ballot right yeah. there. Well, in 2008, we're ready, finally ready for a black president. <laughs> uh, at that point, you were finally ready for a black crazy president. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're, that's where we're heading. That's where we're the heading. Fifth right. Element was yeah. laying yeah. that out for us. Which... 
Only bodes well for Bobby Brown. <laughs> down the line. <laughs> it's his prerogative. It is. Uh, so, okay, so sometimes there's roles for twins. That Some, was a role. The, the role we did in that, we were playing like these, uh, that was years ago, we were playing white rappers, but it was for one guy. And so yeah. we came in and said, here's our take on it if it were to be two people. Because even at back then, it's like people had done a sort of white rapper type thing before. But we were like, what if it was these two guys and they had sort of this relationship and a hierarchy between them? And we sort of improvised within the lines and they thought it was unique and different than what they had seen before and so that worked and it yeah. actually worked for us on uh we just did something on it's always sunny in philadelphia which was the mm. same way that was they had a dj for a dance marathon and we came in and sort of pitched that it's a dj morning zoo crew you know okay. and the that q crew. the q crew and it kind of changed into this these two guys and they really liked that they felt like that was like a unique take on something that they had seen before. So, so. I mean, and that always is the best for us because then we feel like, well, we're not just getting this because we're twins. We're right. getting this based on our ability to create material and a relationship between the two of us. So, you know, I mean, the Wild Hogs thing, that was actually written for twins, but it was okay. actually pretty well written. Okay. And once we got on the set, the amazing thing was how much they allowed us. We were working with a guy, a great actor, Stephen Tobolowski. Great oh, character yeah. actor, yeah. He's like the best. I mean, he teaches acting classes and whatnot, and he is just... He was so fun, and I felt like the the stuff that the three of us were doing, we were kind of in a world of our own on that movie, and, and in many ways at times, because we were representing this small town of New Mexico where these guys were hiding out because they had upset some other bikers. And so right. it was great. We were allowed to kind of be the three of us, we were, and it was really fun. We improved a lot of things. and so A lot of it made it into the A lot the of movie. it made it into the movie, which was great, but it was a really good experience, and, and a great experience to be on a set like with... These iconic, you know, Stars. people like John Travolta and be in scenes with Travolta and Martin right. Lawrence and Tim Allen and William Macy and us improvising and Ray Liotta and Ray Liotta us improvising and enjoying it and and them kind of playing off of it. That was, a ch- I mean, tremendous like confidence builder and it was actually really fun to do. Without getting into any kind of specifics, unless you want to, by all means. Um, I mean, has there ever been an, an experience where? Because I feel like if if they get the two of you and they know what you guys are about and mm-hmm. what you do, they're probably just in just casting you. They're probably already more open to improvising and that kind of thing. Have there ever, have they ever like cast you and they're just like say what's on the page? <laughs> um, has that ever happened? I mean, I, I like think when we did we did, when we did Entourage, we didn't play around too. We much. did not mess okay. around. Although when we were in scenes with Jeremy, that Jeremy Piven, that's what he wanted. To, like he's a very much of the mindset of like we keep yourself on your toes and don't ever do it the same way twice. But with that, we really wanted to respect what was written and we kind of did it that way. Although we did improvise a little bit in that show and, yeah, and they, one of a few of them it. made it in there. Yeah. I think they kind of know, like you said, what they're getting with us and okay. we will all, this is the way we'll do it. We'll always do it the way it is on the page. And then you always get another couple of cracks at it where you can do something else. And I mean, that that's kind of an interesting thing that you learn when you go on the set and do a movie is that, like, first of all, you think, oh, God, I got to know my lines before I get to the set. Right. And most of these people, you know, they don't le- – if you, especially if they're in a whole movie, they don't learn their scene until they're, until they're there usually. I mean, they spend some time – if they're rehearsals and it's a heavily rehearsed movie, then you know it. But, like, a lot of times you have so many opportunities to do it. They shoot it from so many different angles. They do a master shot. They do everything that you have so many opportunities to – the scene grows, and it as was you a, it was it. amazing to watch some of these guys who have done it forever, and you know who've been in like hundreds of movies. Yeah, sort of. You watch get how it, it right develops. On the master shot, and then like when it's not on them, they're just kind of fucking around, or or, or they, if you don't get it right, it's no big deal. But then when it came to like their close ups and their singles, like it was like it sprung to life in a way that you weren't seeing on other takes, and that was just. It was interesting interesting to see how people work. You it's understandable. You don't want to give it up. You don't want to give your best performance on like a when you're in deep background. Right, (laughs) right. But let me first say that Entourage that was the high point of that entire season for me. You guys, wow, thank you. That was so much, man. Yeah, that that was really great. But I also now I want to talk about uh, the uh, the cheap seats in the Jim Rome thing because um, I like I I knew who you guys kind of knew who you guys were from Comedy Central and Mm -hmm. I'd heard of Cheap Seats, but at the time I didn't I didn't get ESPN Classic. 
uh, meaning I didn't understand it. Right. And um, <laughs> and I, so I think Few my, people do. my first like real exposure to you guys was the Jim Rome show. How, how did that come about? Is it because of Cheap Seats? Is, was he? A yeah, I mean, I think it was just because of our you know connection with ESPN and the guy who was the producer on Cheap Seats. His name uh, is Todd Pellegrino. Uh, really great dude. He's in New York producing other things right now. He invented bubbly water. He did. Uh, he is <laughs> and always, he was our producer. He. He's always served with seltzer. He's very he's a bubbly guy. Uh, he <laughs> stupid. He uh, his friend is a guy Michael Mant, who is the executive producer on uh, Jim Rome's TV show. Jim Rome is burning, and it was just in development at the time we were doing Cheap Seats. And he said to us, like he took us in, he had a meeting, and he said, Michael Mant said, "Okay, here's my idea. We're going to have this forum thing on Jim Rome's TV show. They hadn't even shot an episode yet." And we want like you know comedians and sports writers and whatnot to just be talking about issues of the day, and we want to have you guys on when we develop it. Fine, he said. We are not going to be up and running. For Meanwhile, six you have like a million months. meetings like this where people tell you what they want to do, and they never, never ever, ever, ever pan ever happen. <laughs> six about eight months later, we get a phone call, and they're like, "We be." He said to me, "We're just going to have one of you guys on it right now," and and he didn't ask Jason, but he's, and I just kept doing it normally. And he's like, we're wanting to do that. And it was actually played out exactly how they said in the meeting. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And I got to know Jim. And I had a very different voice than most of the people who came on the yeah, show. Most people who are on the show are sports writers who definitely, like, sometimes they were funny, but they mostly veered towards, like, really strong opinions. That's what they were going but for. But I was like, it's all about the gags for me. I got to make it funny. And, uh -huh. you know, and that's... And so I think Jim saw that and was like, wow, that's interesting. And then Jim... His radio producer also hangs out around the TV show. Travis Rogers, his executive producer, and and is part of the TV show as well. And he said, "Jim's going out of town. Would you guys want to fill in for him?" And we're like, "For all three hours, we've never done that before. I mean, we've never done anything like it before." And so, but we were like, "I, I said yes right away before even thinking about it, you know." And then we didn't really realize like how because I've listened to him before, but we didn't really know like how fanatical his fan base yeah. is. Um, and it was awesome because they didn't ask us to do it like Jim or be like Jim in any way. They just really wanted us to do what we did. And so we just literally made it all about comedy and sports. Yeah, we're like, what's funny about what's going on in sports right now? What are the weird stories? What are the interesting? And that quickly became like our like our, one of our favorite things to do, to prep for that show and do that show for three hours. I mean, you guys understand, like when you do a podcast, you can, for even like an hour, you can really let things breathe. You're uh -huh. not so tightened. It's not like TV or film, really, where you've got to really get in and out, especially yeah. TV. Uh, so to do this like for three hours and be allowed to like, come up with bits that run throughout all three hours and mm. now we've had like bits that people want us to do when we come back and guest host the show so they've run over the course of like several months it's and then it's fun because it's such a huge national audience we we like to put uh a lot of indie uh music on the show yeah even yeah. out of the music. bumps and breaks like we'll just highlight bands that we absolutely love like you know, bands that are fantastic that never get like national radio airplay, but like you just come in with like the Hold Steady or Band of Horses or, yeah, you know, yeah. and we're rocking these songs and telling people about these bands and stuff. And it's like, you know, you guys are like a more clever Petros Papadakis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's pretty clever. <laughs> he is a very clever guy. So, yeah, so it, it, it kind of bo was born out of that. And then once we did it, it was really, it's been successful. So that's been a, a great ride. So, I mean, it seems like it's mostly because of, is it was it Todd Pellegrino? Well, Todd got us into with Michael Mant, and my, Michael Mant got us on the Jim Rome show. And, and that's really was what Randy did. What I the, did on, on Jim, Jim Rome's, Rome's show. Like, TV I show. kind of was on the forum maybe 10 or 15 times before they asked us to do the thing. And once you're kind of in that circle, and once we proved ourselves on the radio show, they've sort of kept us in their stable of people to come back. Uh, I was talking with a friend recently about about Jim Rome. Does, is, is is he a comedy fan? Does he does he get it? You know, I think he really totally I, gets. He it. totally gets it. He's a funny guy, and he understands. If you listen to him, he understands why things are funny. I I just love him as a as a broadcaster. I think yeah. he is so talented and. I mean, in addition to just really being appreciative for the break he's given us and the exposure he's given us, I also just think he's like one of the best of the best, and he's just like. His opinion, his opinions are so strong. You can agree with him or disagree with him, but you can't poke a hole in the fact that that's they're bulletproof. They're bulletproof, mm -hmm. yeah. and like that's a great way to be. He doesn't waver, and he's got such a rabid fan base that will take him down. 
and that he's created a language all his own. I mean, you go to his website and there's like a glossary of terms yeah. that yeah. like are a mile long, all that he created that his listenership understands and it gives them ownership. They I just c- love that he's got the clones and when we come on, we call like our fans with our fan base within his fan clones, which you gotta love. That's right. Now, uh, you mentioned like, you know, him getting it and I almost feel like, and that's the thing. I don't know anything about sports. For the record, I don't care for sports, and right. I don't care for people that do. Right. So, like, just right. in general, uh, it's not your bag. No, I saw not you, at all. I saw you drifting off as we were having this <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah. Right here, well, Tyler. just it's <laughs> like I've heard some of these. You words were thinking before. of your kidney stones. <laughs> you were thinking of the kidney right stone <laughs> factory that's producing thousands of kidney stones that are that's rolling through your ureter at another time. Tyler. It sure is. Um, <laughs> but we, it's, it's an interesting point because we actually try to make sports accessible for non-sports fans. We, we did okay. that on cheap seats. I mean, our, our goal was to, when we did cheap seats, and it's also true with Rome, was to... And it's also true on the stuff we're doing on Sports Center right now. It is, yes. It is that we want the stuff that we create to pass the highest test in the comedy community. Yeah, we didn't well want people to be like, I watch uh, Cheap Seats and Old Boxing and Sports, and Sports Center. Center. Those are my three favorite shows. We wanted people to say, I'm a huge fan of the Colbert Report and Cheap Seats. Yeah. And The Office. And, and The and Office. 30 Rock. And 30 Rock and this and that. And Cheap Seats. I lumped that in there. That was our goal. I mean, whether we achieved that or not, I think in a lot of people's eyes, we did achieve I would, that. I would say so. I'm a huge Cheap Seats fan because I finally did get ESPN. Classic. And it's on now. It's bad. It's like it's on runs every night at oh, like yeah. 11 p.m. East, uh, Pacific, Pacific time, 2 a.m. in the morning, which is perfect. Like time you come home. That was <laughs> I should uh, more kiss assness when I finally got my DVR. The first uh, season pass I programmed was Cheap Seats. Nice. That wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is really great. That well, that's what we were hoping to do. I mean, you guys are again. It's like trying to appeal to. People and you might be a sports fan, but I think it, Tyler, it's a show that like you don't have to be a sports fan. If you right, if you can sit around and watch people make fun of uh, Olympic style athletes and their dogs going through an obstacle course that is or more, spelling bee children, spelling bee kids, and, <laughs> yeah. and who doesn't want to take them down a peg? That's right. <laughs> Are there any like har- I mean, I feel like yeah. I mean, I enjoy cheap seats a great deal, and I'm not into sports. Are there any like hardcore sports fans? who feel like you're doing a disservice to the thing yes, that they love. Probably. Probably. But I'd say, I mean, those people wouldn't have get it, got it in the first place. However, those we people are usually like in the armed forces. Yes. I'm just kidding. I would say, what? Armed forces people love us. Uh, they do, actually. <laughs> uh, we, we, the, the, I will say this. We support the troops a ton. The troops actually support us more. They do. <laughs> and uh, I think, and, uh, and John McCain said that uh, some of the troops will be pulling their support away from us in, by 2013. That's true. He just he's kind of veering from he's what he said. From what he originally said. He, he said, said if they support, he said hundred years, years of support for the hundred years of the Sklar brothers, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Old jerk. Anyway, right, well, uh, no, but they, I think so, we are very specific with our sports references. Yeah. So like you may not get it, but like I'll watch the British Office. Or extras, you know, Ricky Gervais' show extras, and there are like people on there who I I don't know who this British personality is. I know if I knew him, I'd probably think it was way funnier what's there, but I don't care. And so I just kind of yeah. let it that passes over and there's a lot of stuff that crosses over. And so when we make a reference like Steve Balboni, who was like a power hitter for the Kansas City Royals in the mid eighties, uh, who just had gigantic forearms, but a terrible swing and you know, I mean like bald headed dude and it was he was just like he looked like your uncle who ran a garage. Yeah, like <laughs> if like we make that reference or go after that, then I think like the real true sports fans like then they're kind of like, Oh yeah, these guys know what they're talking about. Well okay. what, what's awesome about cheap seats is that your sports <laughs> references are specific, but you also have non sports references that are also very, very specific. specific. Oh, and yeah. it's it's cool that ESPN lets you they, they pretty much gave you a free-handed song, it did. seems like. Well, they did. well I, I remember we made a reference. We were watching a cat show, <laughs> a cat beauty pageant, and yeah. like we, we just referenced a cat power song. See, now, now I'm on board. Okay, now cat, I'm, cho- cat I'm show. Well, I mean, there was like a woman putting makeup on her cat. And oh, we're just like, so scary. I remember, uh, this is a, a one I watched fairly recently with a roller derby one, and the joke was, uh, I haven't seen Blocking That Peppy since James Burroughs started drinking Red Bulls. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like that joke is for it's maybe for like 12 people. Like, that it's a awesome. sitcom <laughs> director blocking joke. It's, it, uh, we, we actually did like, we did like a joke about like composers, and then we yeah. kind of called ourselves on it. We're like, composer jokes. <laughs> we did like, uh, but I mean, the, but that brings up a good point, which is that sports nerds and comedy nerds, film nerds and film nerds 
and comic book nerds are all the same. Yeah, it, they just They're are just picking different subject matter. Different subject matter that they absolutely love. I was I was watching this thing last night about like tracking the giant squid, like following <laughs> the giant squid, and there are like these three. Guy, I mean, it was so insane. It was on like Discovery HD, and like they went down. This guy, like, literally, probably, like, you know, put a lean on his house to go out on this <laughs> boat and literally just scrape, like, for these little squid things. And he was there with these two guys who were the two other squid, giant squid experts in the world. And they were trying to find a little one and raise it and see how it lived because no one knows about it. But I, the three guys were there sitting around a computer, and I was just like, I literally almost stood up in my house, like, and yelled at my TV, "Squid nerds!" <laughs> but, like, they are. I was like, "How different are they from then, like guys checking like stats on trying to prove that like so and so was that, a that bet- like that Greg Maddox is a better pitcher than uh, Roger Clemens, or that or- the 1980s Lakers are better than the current Lakers, who might like it could be a Lakers Celtics final again in the NBA. They're no different than the Squid Nerds, They're which just- are no different from like people who are just can tell well, you, you like well, all the inconsistencies in movies and stuff. Or watch a movie like The King of Kong, Fistful yeah. of Quarters. Mm-hmm. That opened your eyes to an entire video game playing society that like some insensitive sort of jockey jerk person would be like nerds but like if you look at those guys and that hierarchy that community who's to say that like someone who says the the uh billy's uh score that he that he mailed in on videotape right is any different than barry bond's 73 home runs that he hit using steroids like there, it's the same topic, basically. Yeah. It's an issue of cheating in a game, and it's an issue of integrity, and it's an issue of legions of fans and people who support people and people who are against that support. And, and with, about, what's the difference between that and, like, Michael Clayton or, you know, taking on people cheating and doing different things? Right? It, Didn't, wasn't that about cheating? I think <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Among well, other now things. we're finally talking about movies, which yes. is good. All right. So uh, let's get into it. We're going to talk about sports movies. Great. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so um, There have been many great ones. What, what are some and of your many favorites? terrible ones? <laughs> well, uh, I, I think one of the most underrated quality sports movies, Breaking Away. Not oh, that it was yeah. so underrated, but <laughs> oh, it. But man. I think young people don't know about it today. People don't yeah. know about it today. Like it just takes. Well, the they do if they listen to this podcast because we just talked about it with Jimmy Pardo. Do you oh, really love it? Favorite it's movie his, of his favorite, all. favorite movie. I, I mean, I understand why it's his favorite movie because I mean, we grew up in the Midwest, St. Louis, and. We Indiana Bloomington is like maybe four hours away from us, and it's a Big Ten school, and so it's like we kind of like identified with the people who live there. And sports as a way of an escape from your life, from like your social position and everything like that. I just thought it was just so brilliantly played. It it, it was so much about so much more. That's when sports movies are are at their best. It was about the haves and the have-nots. There's a scene in that movie. There's a scene in that movie. This is why that's that's a great sports movie. There's a scene in that movie where the father takes the son, and they're walking along. It's Paul Dooley. Yeah, Paul Dooley. Who, who, by the way, we met later in life. We just met him through. We were doing a show. He actually came and see, saw a show that we did at the HBO Workspace about our lives, like about seven <laughs> years ago, and. Just, I mean, that was so big for us to meet him, and he was very complimentary. He's amazing on Curb Your Enthusiast. I mean, uh, he, he's yeah. a phenomenal Genius. improviser, and we just told him that his role but in that But that movie role was, in that movie was, like, but, one of the best but roles But the scene ever. is him taking his son al- around the uh, IU campus, the Indiana University campus, at night, and showing the buildings where he and, and his, his, in his people had built the limestone, had provi- cut the limestone that made the buildings that the people live in. And it was this great moment where the son finally saw the father, like his whole idea of the world reversed. He was like, wait, I've been chasing down these sort of lofty Italian bike riders in this dream of like, almost in a feat lifestyle as opposed mm. to what I've, like, you know, almost... Trying to shun what you did. And, I, like, for the first moment, he was, like, proud of... Wow, he's like, my dad made something. He built something. And that had nothing to do with sports. Right. And that's why... And that yet it had everything, everything to, to do, do with, with why you were rooting for them at the end. And I just loved it for the moment when the guy... Like, this had to have been real. The guy who was inter- introducing at the end the winner of the Little 500, he kind of screws up the... the it was it was so clearly from an actual little 500 mm-hmm. and we have friends who were in fraternities at IU who actually participated in that but just the guy who had like such the midwestern accent he was like the winner of the little 500 100 <laughs> the cutter the cutter, <laughs> the cutter. 
And I'm like, I think it's the Cutters. The Cutters. <laughs> the Cutters. Was great. Dennis Quaid was great in that. Jack, Jackie Early. Or Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Fantastic. Daniel Stern. Jackie Earl Haley. Daniel I mean, Stern. I mean, I just, yeah. I, the, the, I just, watching the father when he got excited and got in the car, I mean, it it, it actually chokes me up now, being a father now and understanding how he's at the used car dealership and he's listening on the radio to oh the race. God, and and he just... starts getting in the car and he's like, Stoller gets in the front lane <laughs> and he starts talking about moving in and he starts honking the horn and then he gets the idea to turn on the car, leave his Go dealership down and there drive and just, down to the race. I mean, yeah. it just, it kills me. It chokes me up. It's like just a brilliant, so that was a great movie, without a doubt, great sports movie. Another great sports movie, sports and comedy movie and if you haven't seen it recently, go back and see it again. Uh, is Slapshot? Oh, I, mean, yeah. I haven't seen it recently. Slapshot, at all. just again, Paul, <laughs> Paul Newman. Newman. Paul I mean, Newman lending his credibility to this like goofball comedy. I mean, it, I'm yeah. trying to think of like if someone else who would do that today. It like is so out of the realm of you know. It's it's not even like but George he wasn't Clooney and Leatherheads. It he was wasn't like, even playing it goofy though. He played he was it playing real. it very yeah. real as an aging guy. You know what it was? You know what that was? Bull Durham on it's ice. Bull Durham. It was Bull Durham on ice. And that, mm-hmm. and I bet when they were like pitching Bull Durham and they they were like Kevin Costner is Paul Newman, it's Bull Durham on ice. It's like uh, the struggling the backdrop of the struggling hockey league and the fact that like they were going to move the team out of the city and then all the just the the crap that like minor league hockey players and hockey players go through it was it's just It's almost amazing. It's almost prophetic because when you think about what's going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins this year, a few years back the Pittsburgh Penguins were a hockey organization that were that bankrupt were on the on the edge of being gone. And now they're almost they're one game away from being in the NHL finals. Yeah. Which they could be by the time this airs. They could be by the time this airs. And they've got like three of the hottest young stars that are the face of uh Sidney Crosby and Malkin and I mean they've got they're the face of the NHL. So it's just it's remarkable. But that was a great movie and it just made me laugh really hard. I mean I think it still holds up in a lot of ways and it also shows you like life in the seventies on the road on a traveling like almost minor league hockey team is Hanson Brothers, great Hanson (laughs) characters, iconic. It seems like there was with uh with with Slapshot and and some other movies uh like sports teams as like uh, almost like an animal house of uh, yeah. like traveling animal house. Yeah, that, yes. that was like yeah. a, uh, if you look like uh, what's the one I was just about to say? The longest yard, the the first longest yeah. the original one. Like, yes, that's a, like a really crass and brutal movie, but it's good. But it was a great. Yeah, that's a great movie too. I mean, I just think uh, I'm trying to think what other sports movies. I mean, Hoosiers, Hoosiers, yeah, Hoosiers is just one of. I mean, we. Someone was telling another comedian was telling us about. Uh, oh God, the, Jimmy got- Palumbo is a, is a very funny comedian friend of ours, and and he was telling us about listening to two sports, like Mike and DJs, the Mad Mike Dog. and the Mad Dog from New York. They're very famous sports like talk radio guys. They had a whole discussion, real discussion about why you shouldn't, why they shouldn't have gone, why they should have had Jimmy. Did Jimmy he take Chitworth, the last shot? Chitworth, Chitworth. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't take the last shot. Why, like, they why you don't go to Jimmy for the last shot? I mean, it's a movie, and they're like, you know. I, Jimmy's I, a guy who's been making the shots all game. Six, seven, eight in a row there in the I second I don't half. know why you're not going to Jimmy for this final <laughs> shot. It's like you got Jordan on your team, and then you're passing it over to, to, to Kukoc. Uh, I mean, what's the point of this? And, I mean, it's that it's was just amazing. Well, like he was just, berating Gene Hackman for his I coaching mean, well, Gene, decisions. And Gene Hackman and, and Dennis Hopper, I mean, yeah. you don't you almost you almost forgive Dennis Hopper for the just tremendous dick for the commercial he was uh, the commercial he's doing now or the <laughs> yeah. dick he was like back in the day and he was awful for the role that he played there. I mean, again, like this, he brings tears to your eyes with that role of like, he's in like, the hospital and he's jumping up and down when his son. Yeah. I mean, embarrassing his son like that on the court, just the, the, that it played with those things and the fact that Gene Hackman was here as a guy who had a lot of talent and because he did what he did. There are stories in coaching of coaches that have hit kids and whatnot, and and they just don't come back from that. It's just it's Barbara Hershey. Huh? Wasn't Barbara Hershey in that movie? Barbara Hershey was. I thought you were saying that Barbara Hershey coached the team and didn't. <laughs> and she no Barbara, Barbara Hershey. Barbara, she's hit lots of kids. <laughs> Barbara uh, Hershey, when she was coaching Loyola Marymount, yeah. punched uh, <laughs> five players. I feel like that's you know I feel like uh, that's the important. Th- I mean, you guys were talking about like with cheap seats, you want to appeal to people who don't necessarily know much about sports, and I feel like the good sports movies understand that's like all right, we'll show the sport. Because it can, you know, because it's really interesting. But right. what's going to keep people interested is what's happening 
you know, behind the scenes. I'd say probably my favorite one is Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah. Because that one, I mean, the you know the mm-hmm. the actual football scenes are really interesting, but like it's there's so much more weight given to what you see on the field because you know that oh, if somebody messes up, he's going to hear about it from the whole town because they do such a good job of establishing the world that these kids live in. And I have to say, like, even in a movie like Days and Confused, the scene at the baseball game, mm-hmm. like, Richard Linklater gets one min- one minute detail that I feel like so many other sports movies just fail to get, and he, in, in that one minute detail, he captured the essence of all Little League sports, which we'll get to the Bad News Bears, because okay. that was our other favorite. Yeah. Uh, the, the original one, not, 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 we, we, it goes down the line, but, uh, <laughs> is from great to terribly shitty. But, uh, the, uh, the, the detail in Days and Confused is after the game when they're all like, shake- before the, the Wiley Wiggins character is going to get his ass. Before he's going to get his butt kicked by Ben Affleck and, uh, and, the, and Cole, Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser. Uh, all the guys on the both teams shake hands and like good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. Yeah. They just say good game, but it's almost this thing because we played we played baseball growing up, and there's a moment where you're going down that line shaking and it's hands with the other team. By road, so it's so obligatory, like no one's saying it and meaning it. It's like you're just trying to repeat good game so that it matches when you slap the hand of the kid, rather than it. actually saying to someone that was really a good game. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever meant it, but it was a drill that you went through, yeah. and like. He nailed it. I was so he showed proud. that he showed that, and, and I read about this about that scene that you know they were doing it on a shoestring budget, and and the the uh, studio wanted to cut that scene, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Cut that shot from right. that day," and he was like, "Fuck that! We're not cutting that shot. That shot is everything." And I, the fact that he fought for it that hard that it made it in the film is even better, and it just made you love him and say like, "You got it." But getting back to the Bad News Bears, like, again, I feel like each of these sports movies has someone in it that is playing a character, a, a really talented actor in it that is carrying off, like, what that... A very character. complex yeah. character. Like, the Buttermaker character in... Walter Matthau. Walter mm-hmm. Matthau was just... He was beyond genius, I mean, in that movie. Again, in a another... Uh, what was his name? Uh, the who played Kelly Leak, who was in Breaking oh, Jack Jack Girl, Haley. Jack Haley. I mean, he was fantastic in that. Tatum movie. Tatum O'Neill, well. amazing in that yeah. movie. Just, just they, rem- they, they remarkable. Were. And I'll tell you what was remarkable in that sports movie was the uh, who was who played the other the other coach, uh, Vic uh, uh, Morrow. Vic, Vic Morrow. Yeah. Vic Morrow's speech to the Yankees, his yeah. team, right before you thought was going to be this like fire and brimstone speech to get them pumped up. And whether it was his choice or the director's choice, you have to think it was probably a combination of both, whether they rehearsed it this way. He gives the most understated... What did he, he What did he say in there? I want to get the exact wording. I right don't know what he said, but he would just... He almost so threw he it away. Said, he, said, he literally threw the whole thing away. He's like, you know, he's like, you get out there, you lose this game, you're going to remember this for the rest of your, your life. life. The rest <laughs> of your life. And they go out there and that's it. But it was like... What? Yeah. It's just insane. <laughs> like that, he took this moment that could have been so huge and played it so small, and therefore it was huge. He actually, I actually watched that movie uh, again. I hadn't seen it in years. Watched it uh, not that long ago, and his performance really stuck out to me. Like, oh I my think god! I, you know, I knew that Walter Matthau and everybody was was good in it, but not having seen it since high school, Vic Morrow really like uh, because when he, he hits the kid, when he hits his kid, kid. Yeah. when he yeah. hits his kid, and he turns and he realizes, you see. Across his face, that he realizes that he did something wrong, but his intentions were good, yeah. and he, and that, and oh, he yeah. realizes that it wasn't that that's not enough. Like he's going to turn and face all these people who are going to judge him, and he, in that moment, is saying, "I came out here." He almost hit the kid. That's what he's. I think he says. He's no, like, he's, he's thrown at his head after he goes back. You could have killed him. You could have killed him. His wife kid. comes up to me and he says he could have killed, killed that kid. kid. But killed it's that like kid. it's full of so much sadness and yeah. it's not enough. He. He originally went out there, but his anger and his desire to win the game and his competitiveness took over. And so it's so complicated. There's such a gray yeah. area there. And also, that's and, and the, because you could and the tendency, I think, today is to dumb shit down for all. I wonder if the bad did the bad news bears in the remake. I didn't even see it. Did they win the game? I didn't see it either. But I mean, the class I'm a thing somewhat is, defender of the, the remake. It's not nearly as good, of course. Did they actually, win the game? The no, final game? No, they didn't. They lost. Um, but Greg Kinnear plays the Vic Morrow yeah. role, and I he actually Greg does Kinnear. pretty good well, with I love it. Greg Kinnear. I mean, I think the, uh, another somewhat sports movie, The Matador. Oh, you know, there's okay. There's bullfighting there. I mean, 
I mean, I thought he was fantastic in that movie. Like, yeah, Kinnear, beyond... Kinnear is awesome, but nothing can compete with. Like, and they gave the kids beer, like it was non-alcoholic beer right, in, in right. the remake. They made it clear to state that the hair is non-alcoholic. Like, it was but, just. But I mean, that you throwing beers to the kids, and like yeah. I remember, we looked like well, Jason and I when we were kids, we looked like Tanner. Like we had long <laughs> blonde, like blonde head. That's who we looked like, little Tanners and Lupuses. Like that's who we were. You have a picture we can put on the website? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should find. We, we should, should find it if we can find it. But that's what we looked like in our little uniforms with like little, like like almost like bright blonde straw hair sticking out of our hats and stuff and we played i mean that's what we did like that's what we did on weekends is you know our dad coached and we played like literally four games a day four games in one day go out to a place and just like barbecue in the middle of the day and i mean that who'd you guys play for uh you guys are from creep 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 yeah yeah. we played for ellisville ellisville Ellisville. we used to play ellisville all the time and my dad was my coach too awesome i just kind of like Played in Ellisville and Baldwin and yeah. Manchester yeah. and Creevecore and like those Pond. Are Pond Pond and Valley Park and I mean all these places like those were I, you name all these places and every name brings back like a memory as to like what the place was yeah. and, and what that was for us in our childhood. But so, but back to the movie the, the there was also hilarious comedy in that movie like oh, the math out throwaway moment at the end when. It's they've lost oh the God, game. So funny. They lost the game, and the woman who's in charge of the league mm-hmm. hands them the tiny little second place trophy. <laughs> Which is like so, so small. tiny. He's not even. Which, looking. by the way, is funny. That is that in its yeah. own right. Yeah. Don't make a big deal out of it. That's really fun. The big one is like taller than like the kids. The kids, yeah. and this one is like just tiny. And it, she hands him the trophy, and she's like, "Congratulations on a great year." And he's like, "Thank, Thank you, you, sir." <laughs> <laughs> and not even looking at her. <laughs> It was so perfectly delivered. Not he didn't make a meal out of it. I mean, there was so much of the that. fact that he was the he really you understood you believe that he was an old minor league ball player person yeah. who'd gone awry, and the fact that he's cleaning pools and the relationship with the famous with, people. with the daughter that or with with uh, Tatum O'Neill Tatum O'Neill like the 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 not wanting her how mu- how badly she wanted to be a part of his life how badly how she embarrassed wanted- he was God there was just like so much tied into that movie and it just was great for all those reasons one of my favorite exchanges and it's weird because it's it's a somewhat obvious joke but it's that you know it's walter Matthau selling it completely and now when i say it's not gonna be that funny but like when he's driving the kids Uh and he's drinking and one of the kids is like you know drinking and driving is illegal and he's like yeah so is murder now shut up before you get me in real trouble (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's just a very well constructed joke and he delivers it perfectly nailed it nailed it nailed every single thing about it when he has to go up in the tree and get our man down you know Armand. it's like it just was who was like naked up in the tree i mean it was just his his deal not wanting to be there and deal with not wanting to be that guy to deal with it it just everything about it was was perfect in that way and so it was like a perfect sport but then you had bad news bears 2 bad news bears 2 which they go to spring breaking training breaking training where they go down to the uh astrodome the kids take the 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 steal a car and drive a bus down to the Astrodome and book themselves in hotels, which is already like weird. already like totally. How would they have that kind of money? <laughs> then it devolves, the, and that was that was like terrible. And it was about Kelly Leak like getting re- back in touch with his his father, father who like who was played by. Who the guy who was that guy who was played, in the Marathon Man? But he played like every father for like a little period of time. He was yeah, like, like just put him in like, like an he army was like jacket. A poor man's jeans. Treat Williams, <laughs> or maybe it was. Was it William Devane? Yes, yes, okay. it was. All right, right. Poor man's Treat Williams, right? I could see that. And some like, people would say poor man's Jack Nicholson as he got older. Yes, um, just the way he delivered lines. But uh, yeah, and but then didn't they go to he Japan? in the Marathon Man? He was in. Mar- yes, he was. He was well, the no, sort so of. No, when they, then they go to Japan. The, the bad news bears go to Japan, which was. Easily, like, it was so bad, like, it's it's worse than just, like, really crappy TV. I mean, I was like, I can't believe this is a movie. And who's the star? Who's the coach? Tony, Tony Curtis. Curtis. <laughs> Tony Curtis. <laughs> it almost like erased, never... like, all the cachet he gained in Some Like It Hot. It, like, like, just little... it was more cartoonish than that, and he was playing a man, not a woman. Yeah, he was just, <laughs> it was so outrageously bad. It was egregious. and it It's just... definitely worth watching, though, if it's you It's so if you worth I've watching. I've any of the sequels. I mean, then they used a different Engelberg, which they yeah, that's so they great. Swapped out Engelberg. They swapped out fat kids. I'm like, you can't swap, you can't swap out, out Engelberg. Engelberg on us. Like, what was Engelberg holding out for more money? Is like, <laughs> did he get skinny? kids got to eat? Maybe, maybe he got skinny. I like, I you don't know yeah, what maybe happened. He got really skinny. And you, how are you going to explain that away? Give yeah. me another Engelberg right now. <laughs> Engelberg too. Get him over here. Get him up in there. Um, I actually, what's interesting is I think. 
perhaps even more so with sports movies than I'd say any other genre. There are so many movies that are great, and people, sometimes it's because they spawned bad sequels, like sure. Bad News Bears. But just in general, movies like like Rocky or Hoosiers, sure. where everyone, they already just kind of assume they know what they're going to get, and so they don't even really bother watching the movie. Right. But if you actually go back and watch something like Rocky, or in my case, a few weeks ago, I watched for the first time since I was a very young kid, mm-hmm. uh, The Karate Kid, mm-hmm. and which I know you guys have a thing about it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's especially interesting because in watching them, like, oh, wow, their comedy bit was 100% true. Oh, um, yeah. No exaggeration here. But what got me was Karate Kid... Ridiculousness aside, sure, and that's a lot to put aside. You got to put it's, a lot aside. Yeah. No, but it's a great story though about an old yeah. man and a boy finding friendship. I'm just like, what is this movie doing it's being over two hours long? And sure. that's because it takes its sweet time. Oh yeah, establishing the relationship of these two, Absolutely. and it realizes that and the how much he hates it, his bike. He hates it. I hate this bike. I hate <laughs> this stupid, stupid bike. <laughs> hey, 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 what's hey. going on over here? <laughs> uh, yeah, that. I mean, that whole th- that movie. <laughs> it's like him dressed as a shower for like Halloween. Yeah, it's very who, who signed off on no, that? but but the truth is, when we were kids, and when when that movie first came out, and you watched that movie, I felt the fear that he felt. Mm-hmm. I felt He's like gonna get his butt yeah. I was like, Zabka. I'm afraid for this kid. He has nowhere to turn. The bullies have his back up against the wall. A couple of the bullies look like they're 28. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Older. They probably were that old. I mean, that scene when, when, when he goes and shows up at the the dojo because he thinks he wants to learn how to do karate, yeah. and they bow, and you see, like, Johnny in the front. Yeah. Zabka, like, when the, when the whole group bow, and you see Zabka look up and give him the smirk, I'm like, this guy's screwed. He's, He's got nowhere to turn. And and then Miyagi steps out of nowhere and pulls. Yeah, Pat, Pat Morita basically just like no one questioned that relationship. Old man, young old boy, man, younger boy. <laughs> like you know, where's yeah, the I'm spending uh, a lot of time uh, over at the, the your Okinawa me- medals and there's your Nambla membership. Wow, <laughs> that is no one ever even talking about that. Ooh. But like, I feel like a movie like that, it has like, it has like. Good sports cliches and bad uh, sports oh, cliches. Yes. Terrible it, sports it, cliches. But it has them both. It has them both. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, when you, you, you talked about Rocky, and, I, and, and same with Bad News Bear, Bears, I think the fact that they made the decision in both those movies to have the main star lose in the end but win in the journey, like yeah. the fact that they made that choice in both those things make those movies like leapfrog them over cliche sports I mean the fact movies. that they made Apollo Creed a black man a black yeah. man who yeah. was like white america rich right. refined in that sort of in the in that sense and like the guy who had had white people working for him and had right. everything to lose was like it just was a genius uh, turnaround in turn play and of course uh, Carl Weathers played it like beyond right. brilliantly and his he just was. I mean, he sold it and made it. I mean, it's all these sports movies. I think we're coming back to the fact that there are great acting performances at yeah. the yeah. center of all of them. But uh, you know, I mean, I, I liked Rocky one almost as much as that uh, porno of Sylvester Stallone going around on the, the Italians dying. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, not embarrassing at all. I mean, but but think about okay. So Rocky two also fantastic, great like, movie, Adrian amazing Nicomo, movie. Just win. I mean, great, great thing. Like. Who couldn't get up for that? Just win. You wanted to beat Apollo. Three, where they joined forces. Even like even three. As think cheesy about it. as it got. As cheesy as it got. Even three. The fact that like Clubber Lang, yeah. the fact Mr. that like T. Mr. T was made an icon by that movie. Mm. It just, that's a threequel. That's not just a sequel, and I it's mean, still it going just, strong. That's Hulk Hogan had a great cameo in, in three. Thunder Lips. Thunder, Thunder Lips. Lips. And then that moment. Sorry, that's his character's name. That's his name. That's that's his, yeah, that's uh, and 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 the character at the at the end when he's like really cool, like just yeah. showing you the other. Get side a picture of it. with the kids. That I mean that that was something that you never saw. From wrestling, that's a that's something you never saw. Well, and it makes you know it's once four and five come along, it starts getting a little silly. But I almost sure. feel like, and people are like, oh, "Mr. T, that's ridiculous." But he really, I feel like he represents like something, like the direction sports was you know starting to go, where he's just a prick. Like he is yeah. all about how awesome he is. Like Apollo Creed is. Was a businessman. He's a businessman. He's kind of complacent, you know. That, that guy, like he was cocky. Kind of, they were trying to make him like Muhammad Ali, but like right. a jerky Muhammad Ali. Right. 
Whereas Clubber Lang, right. he's just all about. I mean, he, there's no sportsmanship to him. No, there's nothing. He's like Mike Tyson. He's like he yeah, was like yeah. Mike Tyson, and I, you know, Mike Tyson kind of came in around like '85, and I don't know when uh, specifically when uh, Rocky III Rocky Three came in. I, I think it was around the same time. I don't. I'm sure they didn't. Mike Tyson wasn't as big of a phenomenon as he was later, right? But who knows? Like the. He, which started, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know right. what I mean in that sense. But the only yeah. bummer, the only bummer, as you started to get into the later Rockies, was that they made <laughs> the actual choreography of the fighting less believable. Yeah. Like, like yeah. in Rocky one and in two, there were a lot of tie-ups. You know, like the boxers would box and then and then hold on to each other. Rocky three, it they would like... they would jack each other in the face so hard, so many times with so many clean shots that would that would have knocked out anybody. Yeah. Like and you're no just, one had any defense in there. Yeah. No no one held their hands up. Nobody held on. Nobody, you know, they were like, we got to make the boxing even crazier. And it just, it, it became insane. Yeah. But uh, but yet they were still good stories. I mean, give Amazing. it to them. Anybody like seen Red Rocky, Belt dude. yet? What was that? Red Belt? No. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. Speaking of Tim Allen, apparently he's great in it. Really? In Red like, Belt? Is yeah. it about? Uh, it's about martial arts. Uh, but he is not a martial artist. I uh, I'll say this: having worked with him and just having had whatever little experience we had of seven weeks on a movie, you mm-hmm. know, working with him, he was funny. He was really funny and funny to be around. And you know, a lot of times between takes and when the set's down and when they're repositioning things and whatnot, you're just sitting around. And for us, it was a chance for us to just gag around with these guys, and we did. And he was. He was really funny. I was not expecting that, and he was, he was nice and he was funny, and I was like, I get it. I get why people like this guy. I mean, he was really and and for all the things that he's done that people say, oh, I'm not a fan of the Santa Claus. I'm not a fan of that. Well, that movie wasn't for you. Did you like Galaxy Quest? Yes. He was pretty good in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. He was really yeah. he really carried that. that movie in a major way, and he really was the heart of it. And so if you like that, the other thing is like to to hear, you know, Stephen Tobolowsky, who we were with on Wild Hogs, I really respect his opinion. We were always like watching, like, what did he think about people? Like, what is he? Because he's been in like 180 movies or whatever. He's worked with everyone. And he was on Cheap Seats. And he he was on Cheap Seats. Seats, (laughs) But like, nicely, you caught that. But he, uh, in Nougato, the commercial Nougato, (laughs) the the uh, energy bar. We made an energy bar, it's 100% Nougat. And then Uh, MC Gainey. MC Gainey. But Tobolowski said that anytime he has to gain weight for a role, he. Takes I out grab a good get up. He can gain with one bar. He can gain three pounds. <laughs> None of it muscle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tobolowski, we, we always like to just would look over and see kind of and, and listen to what he thought. And he had really, really good things to say about uh, Tim Allen about his ability to pull off the acting and convey an emotion in the moment. And, we, you know, I, I really respect that opinion of his I acting, mean, it's, too. It's, movies, it's so funny because, like, it's very easy to pick apart people's decisions to do movies and what, right. what movies they choose to do. And I think a lot of scripts start off really funny. You know, like, I think a lot of people... A lot of people gave shit to the movie Wild Hogs, like movie snobs mm-hmm. would say, like, oh, Wild Hogs, like, who fucking wrote that movie? What jackass? It actually was a, one of the writers from Arrested Development, mm-hmm. uh, Brad a guy, Copeland, who who's hilarious. So funny and script so good. is really funny. I think what happens sometimes is, like, people get caught up in what, what affects a movie more than anything a lot of times is uh, what they decide to make the rating. Like, if yeah. they're like, we want this to be a PG movie, then a lot of edge and uh-huh. darkness gets lifted out of a script. Yeah. And once that's if it's shot, like they'll shoot it and it's really funny, it looks great and they shoot it and then they're like, out. "You can't do this, you can't say this or we go up to PG-13 and that yeah. changes." Well, or we speaking can't. of Galaxy Quest, that was, that's what happened with Absolutely. It was, they, they had shot like an R-rated movie. And right. Then, yeah. And you can tell there's a couple moments where Sigour- like Sigourney Weaver clearly says ADR. she's clearly saying Fuck that, and they change it to screw. Screw that. And it's like, which, oh man. I, which, by the way, is like our favorite moment because we've had to do like the <laughs> like the 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 movie on a plane version of right. what we've said. Because oh, sometimes okay. you we said, did that for Wild Hogs. Didn't we did we? It for Wild Hogs. We did it for Entourage. Like you have to just re-record the things yeah. that you know. And you go on for like a looping session. For a looping session where you try and say something that matches it, what your your mouth says, and like it just in the eighties, like they just didn't care, and like. You know, in the the best one was the made for TV for Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh-huh. when they're like to, when when Spicoli's said, like to Mr. Hand, you dick, dick. Instead of saying dick, it was so bad. He's like, 
you fuzzy, fuzzy nerd. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so much to say that in between that it just didn't even connect at all. I think the most ostentatious one, ostentatious one that I can remember is uh, the Ronnie Cox in RoboCop uh-huh. when he's like he's telling off Miguel Ferrer. He's like, yeah, I used to give the big the boss trouble. One time, I even called him an airhead. <laughs> <laughs> the whole delivery is based on how much he over enunciates asshole, asshole. And, and then, then he says oh, airhead. I remember uh, there was the hard way with uh, you've I've told you this right Uh, with uh, James Woods Michael J Fox and Uh this was back before you could even say son of a bitch right but they tried to match it and they did as good of a job as they could have where literally uh, and they kept saying it where uh, it's like that slug in a ditch (laughs) slug in a ditch (laughs) just made me laugh every time I saw it so funny because like when you think about it it's like well what you have to do son of a you had son of a bitch was was your thing. Oh, I had a huge son of a bitch. You son of a bitch or what? Wasn't that what? in in Wild Hogs? What did you change it to? I can't even remember. Son I of a biscuit, I think. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> but I mean, it's you. They pour over lines a lot of the time, like you know, and you know the network and or the studio and the you know the direct producers and whatnot pour over dialogue. You know, there are just meetings after meetings and notes after notes as to what it is and then you get in and you have to record these things and it's just like the engineer is like why don't you say fuzzy nerd and that's what it is (laughs) it's like literally like months of notes and then you kind of come in and they just put something that's like so inferior it's just not not even inferior it's just like it doesn't match right too many syllables (laughs) like there's just there's every reason for that to not work like like, it's already in the next scene and he's still he can still hear it right (laughs) we've already moved over it's just like a tracking shot Gosh darn fuzzy navel. Um well how long have we been been going, David? Um fifty one minutes and twenty two oh, okay. seconds. All right, well, we, should, we should probably uh yeah, thank you, David. Why do I we keep making that joke and it keeps being funny to us. And um, no one else. Anyway, uh well we should probably wrap up because I know you got somewhere to be. That's um, fine, yeah. But uh so all right. So you guys have a website, right? Yeah, we have a website. Uh, we're on uh, myspace.com slash Sklar Brothers. Okay. Uh, the website is uh, Super Sklar's, S-K-L-A-R-S.com. Right. We have a comedy CD. Uh, That's Sklar, right. Uh, Sklar Maps. Sklar Maps. David and I were at the taping. It's yeah. very funny. We highly recommend it. It's the second CD. I also recommend Popping the Hood. That's, That's right. Yeah. Oh, thank so you. first one. Thank you very so, much. Yeah, yeah, it starts off with a, a bit on uh, a magician that had me... Crying at a stoplight. Nice. Yeah, you know, I was nice. laughing so hard. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> but uh, so I guess uh, thanks for being on the show. We this really do fun. appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having us. This so, has been great. I love talking movies and sports movies and all this stuff. We'll all come right. back again. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, uh, listeners, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.